Yeah. You can Hello, it. everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. Thank you so much for listening either live or later. If you're listening on Anomalous Podcast Network, thank you so much. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe, like, comment, share. And if you feel like it, buy me a coffee because I'm a mom and I'm a late night podcaster. So coffee, it will go to coffee. Tonight, I have the amazing Roderick Martin from Why the Big Secret podcast. He's also known for his work on Clubhouse with Extraterrestrial Evidence Club and has featured guests like Billy Carson. And you even had, um, you've had a lot of big names on, but I'm just going to let, I'm, we're just going to get started. So Roderick, I'm going to let you tell everybody about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I am technically a ufologist. And, and first of all, uh, Priscilla, thank you for having me here. You know, you have been doing a, a tremendous job uh, when it comes down to this phenomenal. And, you know, I've watched you. Of course, we've spoken before in the past a few times. And 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 again, it. I just want to tell you, you're doing some awesome work. And for me, being a ufologist uh, in this field and, of course, um, you know, being a MUFON field investigator here in the state of Texas, it's just been an incredible ride. And now we know the time right now. Uh, it's just have changed a lot from mm -hmm. 40 or 50 years ago when this was a joking matter to yeah. now it's more serious matter. So uh, that's what I do. You know, of course, you know, I'm on Clubhouse. I have one of the largest UFO clubs there uh, called Extraterrestrial Evidence. And I do a uh, weekly uh, UFO show there on Wednesday night, 830. And that's weekly with two E's, not W-E-A-K. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for the scholars. And, right. <laughs> But, you know, again, it's, it's just uh, it's just a great time to be doing this. And, of course, I got a lot of other projects and things out there. So, Yeah. So I know that you are a production guy. If you go listen to Roderick's show or watch his podcast, he's got this great intro and he's just so charismatic and you're automatically engaged. Even on Clubhouse, when you're not seeing him, you you want to be part of it. You know what I mean? The audience is huge and he has like all these amazing guests and his co-host is amazing. I couldn't get a hold of her. So, um, but you'll love everybody like that he works with. So tell me how you got started with the phenomena in general or phenomenon, well, you know, like it, I say phenomena because there's so many more different things that come on, you know, that are associated with it. Understand what you're saying. It all began with me uh, when I was 12 years old. Um, I saw my first UFO. OK, um, it was one late evening in Dallas. Of course, I live near the Dallas Zoo. And so usually about that time of night, you're going to hear the lions and all that war. We was within less than, you know, quarter of a mile, not even a mile away from the zoo. So you hear all the animals shut down for the evening. But it was just right when you get that night sky. Okay, oh, yeah. in between darkness and light, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I was just standing outside on my porch or we have this little uh, at that time, the sidewalk, you know, and so and I just kind of looked up and there I saw this white or silverish thing that was just zipping across the sky. And I was like, wow. And then next thing you know, it was two jets following it. And I didn't realize the significance of the moment, you know, you know, as the as that moment at that day, uh, Priscilla. But, you know, as the months and years rolled by and I began to watch TV or see different shows and then, you know, you get to a point like, wow, that was a UFO. Now, I grew yeah. up in a neighborhood that you're not going to talk about that. So it was my yeah. secret as a child because, 
you know, even a neighborhood bully would lose his street credit. And where I grew up, if he was like standing on the corner, I saw a UFO, street credit gone. Okay. And so uh, I just wasn't going to say anything about it. It never did for years. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it stayed seared into my mind uh, about what I saw. But then like, as I gotten older, uh, became uh, my own person to where if I wanted to share it with somebody that really didn't care what they thought. Uh, and then later on, it turned out it was a UFO. And of course, uh, mm. why not? You know, there was two jets behind it. And, and of course, wow. at this time, I would know there was military. Right. So. Interesting. It's interesting the jets were there and all of that. I'm going to take a quick moment to say hello to our live viewers. We got Lily Nova, who is a, she's big, she's big in the community, especially TikTok. She is also known as the UFO Whisperer, right. Diesel Girl, Laura, Mr. Big Feet, and JJ and Savita, who has her own channel as well. Um, JJ calls me Dreamwalker because that's one of my gifts as like a spiritual person. Like I, um, I lucid dream and it's kind of like it was given to me like it's a Native American thing um, where my dad's Native. I know I don't, you know, people are like, oh, you're not, but I'm registered with the tribe, y'all. But um, it's a it's a gift that you have to lucid dream and do journey work in your dreams and astral travel. So that's what if anybody's wondering what the Dreamwalker thing is about, that's not there. That's what it is. But we just had Roderick introduce himself and talk about his first sighting as a 12 year old. And for many people, it ends up changing their worldview, whether they realize it or not, which is sound, which sounds like, you know, what happened to you. So you're getting older and you're talking about this more and more and you're just like, screw it. I saw a UFO. I'm going to tell people. So what well, did you I'm start whispering, getting I'm whispering it out, you know, okay. <laughs> I became a full grown man before I really started talking about it. So. Yeah, it's very. So what was your first, what, when did you start, when did you decide to start working with MUFON and when did you decide to do, you know, the podcast and all that? Well, I, 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 had already knew who MUFON was because I would see the guys with the shirt MUFON on some of the documentaries. And I would think, man, that's cool. You know, <laughs> UFO program. And one day I kind of was just doing the internet and I noticed that they had a website. And so for about a year, I was just a subscriber, you know, it was like a eight, nine, 10, I don't know what it is now, but maybe eight, nine bucks membership a month where you get access to UFO files or things that they have behind the wall, the firewall. And, and, and that was just kind of my secret of, of really getting deeper into it. And, and not to mention, you got your Independence Day, all the different films that right. come out that you can be like, yeah, yeah, I know this stuff is real, right? <laughs> but um, it wasn't until later on that I decided that, you know, and this is probably within a couple of years ago, and I said, you know what, I want to become a full-fledged uh, UFO investigator. And I was watching this show. And it was Hangar One. And just so happens, you know, Facebook has this, you know, retargeting thing. Now I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously I must have been on a website or something. So all of a sudden this MUFON thing pops up on my Facebook page that they were having a meeting in Dallas. And Priscilla, I was like back crazy. Like what? Super I'm excited. <laughs> because at this point I had nobody to talk to. And yeah. um, my wife uh, at that time, I'm divorced now. I couldn't even talk about UFOs in my house because <laughs> of the religion. Uh, Christianity yeah. was really embedded uh, in the conversations that we would have. And so it was just it was just something I couldn't talk about. And late at night, I would watch Ancient Aliens. But I got to make yeah. sure 
I turn the TV channel off because she turns it on. She sees something there. She just really didn't take it. So I ended up finding out that they was having this group meeting in Dallas and, and, and it was about two weeks away and I had prepared just to seriously go. And, um, and I told her, you know, Hey, I'm gonna go to this meeting. And it just so happens we, that week of my particular car, uh, broke. And, and so we were down to one big. So yeah, no, right. And so that Sunday came because uh, it was on a Sunday and it was at one. Oh, gosh, you're trying to go to a UFO convention on a Sunday and your wife's like, we got to go to church, man. Got to go to church. <laughs> and so and, and plus at this time, I didn't go to her sister's church with her. But I was like, when you come home, I'm going to go out there. And by the time I get out there, it'll, they've already started. But at least I can meet some new people to talk about UFOs. Yes. And she was like, and so I talked about it all week. And then that <laughs> Sunday. Uh, I called her and, and, you know, she answered the phone and I'm like, where are you at? And I hear noise in the background. It was like, you know, like forks and knives. So her and her sister went out to lunch and oh. I was livid. I was like, you knew I wanted to go. Yeah. She just flat out said, I didn't want you to go do this crazy thing. And we are, our issues already had issues, but uh, that yeah. really drew a wedge because I was like, how can you um, do this? You know, and this is not fair. And, but now, being a husband, uh, knowing that this was either mentally affecting my wife or it was just yeah. really causing something, I said, you know what, let me just not worry about this. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, three months later, we were separated. Oh, we man. Divorce anyway, because our issues already had issues. Yeah. Um, and so um, I decided then, I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take the exam on MUFON. I'm going to uh, go ahead and, and do this. And course i did became an investigator and uh, within what this been out we now divorce will be two years now and within two years of that you know i have a podcast again thousands of downloads i just started the youtube channel i got two books that's being published i have uh, i'm now involved in six tv projects two particular wow. soon and so i can only imagine what if i had given up um, and, and, uh, so I know I belong here is my destiny. This is one yeah. B, uh, and I just hope in the future, uh, that, um, you know, it's a little more open conversation. Cause I talk to people all the time on clubhouse and, yeah. and especially when they married, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to put you out there like that. But the whole point <laughs> is sometimes when I've interviewed over 400 people and even some of their, they have not even told their spouses. They tell them everything, but except that they saw you yeah. had an experience and which sparked me into what you see now. Why the big secret? Because I now we know the secrets exist, but now it's like, why is it a big secret? So. Yeah, that's great. And that's great how that's how you came up with the name. But you're right. Like I barely started like I when I first met my husband, he knew I was a weirdo. And I, I remember driving to California and on that same stretch of road. Probably, I don't know how old I was, but the X-Files was big. Like, it was like 90s, young David Duchovny, you know? <laughs> yep. So I went on my first road trip with my friend from, I want to say, like, junior high. I was sixth or seventh grade. And we were going to California, and I saw um, a triangular craft doing maneuvers. And I was the only one that saw it. And I'm like, guys, there's a UFO. And they're just like, no, you're just into that weird X-Files stuff. You didn't see anything. Um but my, my, when I went to California with my husband the first time, we're driving through that same desert from Phoenix to San Diego. And I thought about it and I was like, 
kind of testing the waters and i was like hey what if i just turn into an alien right now <laughs> and Whoa. this poor guy's only been dating me for like a couple of weeks like uh this crazy woman's gonna turn thinks she's gonna turn into an alien so i introduced him little by little but um and then he's like hey there's a bowl of crystals under the bed and i'm like yeah <laughs> there's crystals in the bed. so uh, little by little i kind of like acclimated him to my weirdness um but i didn't talk about my experiences until probably the past couple of years and we've been together since 2010 so he hasn't you know um he's not like he doesn't talk about it he's a little bit of a skeptic but he also supports it if that makes any sense you know, it, it and it does. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that we really want anybody. You know, you you want the support. You want uh, someone to believe in in, in whatever it, it is. And I think in, in my question, you and not to flip the interview over to you. Oh, no, you're allowed. No, this is supposed to be a conversation. This is I don't want to you know, I that's how I like the podcast to be. So if you have questions. And, and, and I do. And, 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 and what you said was something that, again, is the existence of why. You know, I changed this whole this whole conversation of why the big secret. Just like you said, okay, you met this person, you fell in love, you fell in love. You know how they say, well, <laughs> let's lay everything out on the table before we get further. But that's something you left off the table, right? yeah. Until later on, and I'm going. That's the whole point. Why was it a big yeah. secret? Why did you keep it a secret? And what made you felt that you had to manage this? Because you can trust him with everything else. You trust him with your heart. I'm sure he knew yeah. security numbers, banking account. Y'all are in yeah, this together. But this thing over here, yeah. well, that alien thing over there, <laughs> I, I got to keep it a secret. So why did you keep it a secret so long? Well, because when I saw my first craft when I was in kindergarten, it was like a set of crafts. I thought it was one, but then they moved independently. You know how they do that. So nobody believed me. Um, my grandma was kind of like, I believe you believe it. Um, and she was a medium and a card reader. So she was open-minded, but she was also Catholic. So God doesn't make stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, but don't tell Billy Carson that because <laughs> he'll teach you. <laughs> yes, God does. And it's in the Bible. Anyways, that's a sidetrack, but, um, nobody believed me. I got talked to you about for lying. Cause I tried to tell the teacher at school cause I was excited about it. I was happy about it. I, I felt like I was going to be seeing something at some point. Like I knew that at some point I was going to see something and I felt like almost they were going to come pick me up. It was super weird. I'd go out there occasionally um, a couple of nights a week, sneak out and go look at the star. So, you know, um, nobody believed me. So like, why am I going to tell somebody that I'm falling in love with? Like he thinks I'm like, you know, his perfect person. And I think he's my perfect person. And, um, and also, so what am I going to be like? Oh, by the way, I saw UFOs. There you Maybe go. Maybe that, right? But there's other experiences that I felt would come out if I told him that, like seeing beings. I've seen two beings in waking life. And how do you tell that to somebody um, that is very rational? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And now from the standpoint is I was afraid to talk to him about it because um, I'm a mom now. Like, what if he's like, he has to go, you know, he's military. What if he has to leave and deploy? And he's like, oh my God, my kids are home with my wife that thinks she was possibly abducted by aliens. But, but now, you know, but, <laughs> so. but let's go to the flip side to this. Okay. Well, let's, let's move up the clock 30 years from now. You guys are still married, of course. And he's now retired. He's no longer under disclosure. And he looks at you and he says, babe, we, I've been part of a, a UFO program all this time. <laughs> so, and, 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 yes, you might have seen that. You know, it is like, yeah. you look at him like, oh, 
you ain't dead <laughs> yet, but you're about to die now. You know, it's like, what? So That is so funny. Because he can't say anything because he can lose his military pick. Yeah. yeah. So because we know they're on the oath, we know that they are under secrecy. But so it's like he may look at you and say, yeah, and you thinking, I don't want to tell him to mess this up. And he's thinking, I bet I should tell her that I'm actually part of right. it. No, you know, he's gonna be like, sorry, babe, it was in my lab. And uh, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I did that to you. <laughs> that, that'd be a wonderful thing. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and you're right, though. Like, why do we hide it from people? And obviously, there's like the common things, right? We all know that there's stigma associated with just saying mm -hmm. that you saw something unidentified in the sky. And let alone adding in the more esoteric or woo stuff where like yeah. the the craft is interacting with you and your consciousness is now involved. Yeah. And it, it might have always been involved and it probably, you know, these things are able, these beings are able to talk to us and not talk to us. Like they just project these things to us right. that they, right. you know, either they are kind of relaying a message or maybe relaying kind of maybe manipulating what you're seeing because there's so many different accounts from different beings and craft yeah. and you know we don't know what's going on with that so it just feel like it's like a slippery slope and the stigma is so strong still even if you know we have like the government talking about it now more and more people are talking about it openly so i think the stigma alone is enough to keep people from for it's enough to keep people having it as a secret because wow. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, that, I think that's what it all boils down to. People care too much about what other people think, especially people close to them, like their friends and loved ones, right? So, um, I'm not saying it's right, and I don't think it's right. I think people should be able to tell all their weirdness to their friends and loved ones. But I think that that's kind of going to be the next stigma that we're breaking is talking about it, not just on these sorts of platforms and not just on UFO Twitter but with people that are at Thanksgiving with us or at holidays parties with us. Well, I, I think it's, it's one of these things that, and I do this on my, my show and you definitely should do it on your podcast and show too, because I think it's a movement. And, and I tell people, you know, the hashtag, I want to call it UFO taxes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I actually challenged my audience. This was this past Thanksgiving. And I said, I want everybody to, to go home because it was my show was on Wednesday and Thanksgiving was that Thursday. And I said, everybody go to the dinner table uh, tomorrow. And I said, grab the turkey and just hold it for 30 seconds. And the whole point is you want to get everybody's attention to why you just holding the darn turkey. Right? <laughs> and <I like> that. <laughs> then, you, then you cleverly look over at everybody and say, you all pay taxes and you're going to get those people that are just proud Americans. Yeah. I pay my yeah. work. Yeah. But do you know that there's a UFO program and that they using tax payers money for and watch the look on their face? Because what happens is they don't believe in it. They think it's crazy. No. You tell them your money, you go to work every day and you're paying for this UFO program. You in on it too. Whether yeah. It's crazy or not. So when I do that to people and they're going, and now all of a sudden they get concerned because they want to know where their, 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 their money is going. Right. And they'd be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, why don't you just ask questions? You need to know. So when you go to work tomorrow and, and when I go talk about UFOs, why are you laughing at me? You paying for it. <laughs> I like and, it. 
So I've got a neighbor in mind because he always gives me crap. And he's like, you could tell he was like that jock that bullied people. Hit him, so. right, hit him right <laughs> in the pocketbook but, and, and give him the facts. Say, go Google it right now. We have a new government Congress just approved, uh, you know, billions of dollars. In, right. you know, and part of it is going to a, a new UFO program. And then, you know, the two fund Congress, you know, just break it down to him. Yeah. And then he's going to be like. Or that Scooby Doo thing, right? And, <laughs> and that's when you get them, and you just and you gut punch them, and you boom, boom, until they get to a point where they get curious, and then they yeah. ask those questions because that's what it's really all about. And and if you think about back in the fifties and sixties, you know, even the term ufologist was, or uh, ufology was considered the um, what's the word I'm looking for, the cuckoo thing, you know, because yeah. that, what the, the actually the military labeled people who studied UFOs, but that was their code word if they was out somewhere and they were saying, Hey, I want to introduce you to Priscilla. She's uh uh is into ufology. And and that's their word to know uh crackpot, right? Or, or the, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And 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 reason I got that history from Linda Moten Howe. You know, I had her on one of my shows. And, yeah, you. I cannot <laughs> believe you. I, that was a good one too, guys. He had Linda on his show. You know how? Yeah. She doesn't go on people's shows, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, and so Linda was really going into it because one of her things was at the time my show was called Ufology, and and she was real adamant about being part of that because she just didn't want. She knew the stigma of what it used to be. But although she also mentioned that Stan Freeman, you know, you know, bless his soul now, um, was the one who was pushing for people to embrace the terminology because it did give us a legitimate profession of being a ufologist and everything else. And so there was there was he was one of the ones that was pushing, saying, OK, if they want to call it that and it is a and it is a an industry within itself or research, then let's let's embrace it. Um, and so she the one gave me the back the whole backstories about that. And but I look at it today, and you and you think about being uh, in this world of ufology and where it came from back then, where it was a laughing matter, it was a joking matter. Now this is mainstream media. You know, Tucker Carson and all these people are talking about this on the day. Right. So I think it's more of a vindication, Priscilla, right now for people that like ourselves. Yeah, who has been around this thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, more and more conversations that be had. Now, I think where the, what's the word I'm looking for, where, where it kind of gets there is when we do get into the consciousness side or right. experiencer side, something that's not verifiable right. by, by the critics. And, and so that's when they still try to say, okay, wait a minute, you know, she could be still, or he could be still a little nuts in the head. So, right. um, but again, uh, the truth is out there, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. So I see a few questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them to the last 15 minutes. So I do see you, but um, thanks for everybody just coming in, and I will get to the question that I saw. I only saw one question. I say questions like I have like a thousand, <laughs> but you know. Um, so hey, it's gonna build. It's keep. And I remember when I did my first uh, clubhouse room, and in fact, it was my ex that told me about clubhouse and. And we we had already separated, but you know, we still go to lunch or something. And she says, You heard about this app? And I was like, Yeah. And and I started that clubhouse, Priscilla, just to I said, Well, maybe I can get 20. This was the true statement. Maybe I can get 15 or 20 people to talk about UFOs, you know. And when I opened up my first room, nobody showed up. 
and it was one person i think and i was like man and they was bouncing in and out and i was very discouraged because i just thought i can have this conversation and but today you know it's twenty four thousand people um you know yeah if, if you don't show up to your show like right away like you're you're way at the bottom <laughs> yeah yeah especially if yeah because i run a different ship when people want to get involved in the conversation we don't do what we call popcorn style where a lot of people just let people pop that mic because one of the things that I wanted to do, and I and I and I did it, was to create a safe space for people with experiences, uh, where they weren't going to get ridiculed no matter what. I wasn't going to let it happen, and 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 not only the audience and people, we're all in this together. So uh, when you get in some clubhouse spaces, because it's a freedom of speech, you might have one person over here really talking about how traumatic an experience with a UFO or something that they saw and then somebody else get on stage and want to say, oh, you know, all the bananas and further hurt this person. And that's not yeah. because we this is our community, you know, yes. where we come together. And so I was very protected with that. And I've always been and it has grown significantly as a community, trusting with the community. Um, and and it also alienated me and why would I want to use the word, right? But the whole point was that there was a lot of other people was like, well, we're going to start our own clubs, which is fine because you do that there. Yeah. But the point was because the way I did things and I did not let the people that would get on stage because what would happen is, and this is something you're going you're gonna to run into over time. You're going to get people who's going to tell you that they are, uh, you know, top ufologist type person they've been doing this for 30 years right you know and, and they're going to ask you about something that is in no way possible that you've heard of everything out there right and the minute you say no oh she doesn't know this but yeah. what you realize is they don't know crap either uh because what it is they just been talking about the same thing for 30 years and right once you identify that very quickly then you were like, okay, whatever. You and of course, over well, thirty years of research of one incident, you probably know social security numbers of people by then. So. Exactly. Yeah, people do get sort of enamored with like a, a certain case or a certain um, part yes. of the phenomena. So I, I can see that happening, and I do like the way you run your clubhouse room, and I could see why people are drawn to it because you definitely um, you have some ground rules and you give people their space, but you're also respective of like the time of the hosts and the co-hosts and the people that are there as guests. So um, I, I do love the way you run that. And people, I think people sense that cause they, they love your club. So um, thank you for that. Cause I know that I was listening kind of like in the back row um, for a while before I was like, I think I'm going to email Roderick. And then I'm like, you're not going to email Roderick. He's got like a, a million followers, you know? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I remember telling Lily that I talked to you. She was, she had like Lily in the, on the chat. She was saying, um, yes, Roderick, me and Priscilla were in there. We had five to 10 people. Yeah. So like, um, I think that we were in the room with, um, do you remember when, oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I cannot think of his name right now. Well, uh, Lou Elizondo was randomly in a room with father drew. That's who it was. Yep. And there was only like 20 people in there. That's what she's talking about. But then everybody like went to your show afterwards. It's like they hopped going, you know, from that room to your room. So that was fun. And you did mention like you hold a space for experiencers, which was kind of like my next question as a move on investigator. Um, you've probably seen and investigated both abduction scenarios and 
also just, you know, like the run of the mill lights in the sky. So what sort of protocol comes into place when you're going to go talk to an experiencer that's had maybe like a really close encounter or a possible abduction? Well, uh, for starters, MUFON uh, is, is very organized when there is some type of uh, case that comes in. So if it's uh, an abduction case, I don't get any of those because I'm more, I'm the investigator side, but we do okay. have a, an abduction team that will handle those oh, type cool. things. And so they will segment it to more people who's more on a more a advanced psychological, you know, uh, background, therapist type background, because some of these people are, are, uh, have had a lot of trauma from, from mm. what happened to them. Now, from a, uh, so to one of the most profound cases that I've had or, or looked at, you know, in when COVID started with MUFON, that's when I joined. So there was no more protocol for you to go knock on a door and sit face to face with oh, someone. Yeah. So everything is done by phone. And so you, you just kind of ask those questions. So I've, I've entered into a time where it is hands off versus prior to me becoming an investigator, you will be required to go and meet that person, sit down right. with them at home and go through the questions and, and everything else. Now for me, because interviewing was, is something that I have now have developed a skill for because I do it all the time on my clubhouse. Um, I'm very good at when I'm asking questions to a witness over the phone to, to outline what I wanted from that interview, you know, to make yeah. sure that you do validate uh, some of the conversations that you have with people because there is a, a big disconnect uh, if you talking to people sharing these experiences. And oftentimes when you do get a report through MUFON, you know, uh, it comes into the database. It's assigned to us via the state directors all the way down uh, to section directors and everything else. And there's just a set of protocols. We first, we're going to go and do some basic uh, background things from the weather reports to uh, longitude, latitude. We're going to analyze the photos. We're going to uh, check the witness statement. This is prior to us contacting that witness. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know, you know, you know, some people will test us, you know, they'll send photos and those uh, oh. <laughs> have metadata and a lot of people should know that. And yeah. So, you know, if you out there doing some crazy stuff and you want to text your significant other, a picture talking about you with your brother and, and all of a sudden they look in there and then the, the, the GPS coordinates that's embedded into the photo say, no, you're right. in the wrong place. Right. And so we do that because some people say, I took this photo at a certain time of day. This is where I was. And the photo is four years old or fake. Uh, and so we, we don't tell them that we know, we just note it in the system because there's other investigators who would see the internal report. Um, so we go through a lot of that. Now, once we do get to a point to where there's things that we, it takes further investigation, and then sometimes we can reach out to other team members and we all begin to analyze a photo, analyze a case, uh, and begin to determine what this is. Now, have we ran across things that, um, that we're upset? Oh yeah, this is a UFO. Yes. Have we ran across mm -hmm. things that's unidentifiable or man-made objects. These are different uh, things that we will, uh, at the end, code a case. And so, uh, but my most profound stuff comes from Clubhouse directly because there you're actually speaking with true experiences. 
Yeah. Um, I, I know that I ended up in a random experience room one time and this was before I was talking about anything publicly. So it was just the, you can tell, I feel like, I mean, everybody's like, Oh, I'm good. I have a good BS meter, but um, until you like talk to the person enough, I think that you, you have to ask the right questions too. So, but yeah, there are some people on there that will end up in tears. They're psychologically affected. They're emotionally affected. Yes. Their, their life, their whole life. Some people have lost like um, connections with family members over it or the church even. And, 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 and you said something just then that I would encourage most people to begin the process. Uh, we have to enter into every conversation and leave the BS meter behind because it's going to take a strong empathy, a lot of empathy to be curious. Okay. And if you don't go into it with, you know, curiosity and to ask questions and structure those questions to a point where they don't feel that you're being, um, you know, trying to belittle them or, or take them in a journey of unbelieving this, because the whole point is you, you, it is traumatic for some people. Um, and you are going to hear, and I have heard some things that you do say unbelievable, right? Or you go like, right. yeah. But you got to also understand that from this per this person's perspective, their experience, this is what they experience. And so now you, you put yourself in their shoes. You don't walk in them. Right. You put their yourself in their shoes with empathy to begin the process to see this through what I call a cultural lens. This is something I had to develop because it goes from religion uh, I can just almost pinpoint somebody who gets on my stage on Clubhouse and the way that they talk about the phenomenal, Priscilla, the way they, oh, if it's angels, or if it's demons or yeah. this, I just now know their religious background now because through the religious background is the cultural lens that is put on how they see this thing. And war is a fault of religion. So, you, in, in course, in my marriage, I couldn't talk about UFOs because of religion. And so you you looking at all of these things tie all the way back down to that person, how they seen it, what's their background, how do they interpret it? So if they was in a religion where, uh, and I'm not going to call it out, but if there there are some religions that see the phenomena as demons, yeah. Right? So imagine two people standing next to each other. One's Christian. One, well, I shouldn't even say that. One is one religion, <laughs> one is the other religion. Mm -hmm. They both saw it at the same time. But based on their cultural lens, how they was raised, this one is going to panic like crazy if they think it's demons. This right. one is going to see it a whole different way. Another religion is going to be, you know, bow down and say, oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. it's all based on that cultural lens. So I developed the, the, the census to begin to look at things objectively uh, so that, you know, my curiosity allowed me to be non-judgmental when right. I'm talking to all these people. And it's, it's allowed me to get better interviews, better questions, bringing things out, uh, and then uh, really can sit here and talk to this person who some people will just get rid of him. He's crazy. And this person, right. get rid of him, this crazy. And they're both, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm in the middle saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We all talking about the same thing. It's just right. You grew up with it, so that's one of the yeah. And it's and we've seen that like since the beginning of time, people describing the crafts and the beings yep. so many different ways. 
through their cultural lens, you know? So that's, I think it's really cool that you take that into account because a lot of people that, you know, a lot of people are only nuts and bolts. And I know that sometimes MUFON has the reputation of not being empathetic, but knowing that there are investigators like you out there, mm -hmm. um, like, yes, you're going to do your job. You're going to, you're going to be objective, but at the same time, you're still going to listen. Like you said, um, put yourself in their shoes um, to see from their point of view. And that's really important if you're going to be talking to anything like anything related with this with anybody, because even some people have these huge ontological crises after they see like a light in the sky. Like, and that's just a light. It's just light. And like you up, said, that was a whole, that's the, 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 the coming back of, you know, it's the, yeah. the days, you know, and so right. it, you just don't know the impact of how that person sees it. Yeah, for sure. And the whole demon thing, um, growing up when I started having those uh, sleep paralysis events and there was the beings there, I thought they were demons. And okay. until, and I thought the good ones, like I had good experiences too. I thought those were angels. And it wasn't until the past couple of years where I was like, is it, was the angel actually like one of the, the nice ones or the lightning or, you know, yeah, you you don't, it makes more questions. But imagine a person that uh, didn't ask questions that haven't gained uh, the curiosity phase yet to where they're asking these questions and, yeah. and going through life thinking that demons are attacking them. Right. And now they're shutting down in society. They are getting depressed. There's a lot of chain reactions to what, how they interpret it. So, you know, I think we are in a time of curiosity. It is time. And, I try to, you know, especially with what I do is to try to provide enough evidence to people uh, that they can see, you know, uh, evidence that they can read, hear, uh, or from, you know, people that have the information to only, and this is what I, I stay right there, uh, only to oh. awaken their curiosity to the possibility that we're not alone in the universe, because I want them to go the rest of the way themselves. Yes. Um, and Generally, I like to, because uh, most people are what we call, um, I don't know if I'm looking for the word, but uh, if it comes down to their their intellect or, you know, intellectually lazy, I would call it. Yeah. Um, and what that does is it doesn't allow them to ask questions. And so you want people to not be that way so that if someone is telling me something and say, Roderick, you know, and, and I'm like this something that I think is true and they're telling me enough things that some people will say, get away from me. No, no, I don't want to hear it. But I ask enough questions because sometimes, and a lot of times I find things that I thought was true. And after enough questions and things and, and looking up the evidence of what they're talking about, I find out it's not true. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't have never done that if I'm not uh, curious. And then there's things that I know that's not to be true that I've done enough research and find out that is true. So a lot of times those things can change, but it, it definitely going into it objectively going into it um, with the curiosity approach will allow you to, to, to see things as it is. And as an investigator, you have to go that route because I cannot right. plan with a made up decision that no, that's not what that is. Even though I've seen, the same pictures before, like Chinese lanterns, they leave off a certain type of thing when they're an image through a phone. 
and and I can see cases all the time. And I know what it's going to be possibly, but I still go through the procedures. I still go through the questions. I still go through everything, uh, the protocol to come to a decision. When I could have just said, I've seen this a hundred times, it is a Chinese lantern. But what happens if it's not? That one is not. And yeah. But I didn't go down the the, the, the rabbit hole of, of looking into this with objectivity to find out. And you have to make sure that that's not what you do. It makes you wonder how many how much how many things have been missed from people not doing that. You know what I mean? And 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 that's where you get maybe some of my colleagues or something that may uh, because they're they're just so scholars in it. Right. Uh, but for me, one of the best parts of being part of MUFON for me, every new case is just like a opening up a Christmas box because mm. you want to see it, you want to see what's going on, and you dig into it. Uh, and I just don't assume anything anymore uh and that's allowed me to really see some cool stuff and if anybody's listening you know uh they're always looking for new investigators you know and it's and and, and they have a, a training procedure they have a, a mufon university so you will learn a lot of things uh outside of what we know when it comes down to to seeing it now most people in mufon don't go as far as i've gone with what, what i do they just kind of stick there, but I'm more now going into more content creating, but at the same time, um, not so much a focus and everything on the sky, but what's happening with people on the ground. Yeah. And I think that's the next big stigma that's going to be knocked down and the next big um, frontier for people that are ufologists or people that are UFO researchers. They're going to start realizing like we, we can't ignore what's happening to people. Um, JJ, I go ahead and post your question. You said you had a question earlier, but you didn't put it in. So go ahead and post your question in the on in the feed. But yeah, so that's that's I love how you you really like uh, you're curious. It's almost like like you you encourage people to be curious, but you truly are. So we people can see the passion that you have with the subject. Was the the sighting when you were twelve? Was that the only sighting that you've had, or have you had other experiences as well? Well, now this is where my humor comes in. Thank God it was the only one. <laughs> you know, when you got three or more, now, you know, to tell somebody, you know, hey, you know, I don't saw four of them. And now that starts another part because now people are feeling, well, what makes you so special that you. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right? Right. They get so like offended over, they read into it. <laughs> yeah. But I've interviewed people who have carried the persona, the, the thing, because they have seen a bunch of them that they uh, among above everyone else. And you'd be like, no, dude, you know, I, I think if I walked around and I had a crook in my neck and that's all I do is look up, I'm going to see some too. And, yes, exactly. You know, so I just tell people, how often do you look up? If everybody walked around just looking up, we all go. Right. Yeah. So especially like low light pollution late at night. Um, like I, if I want to see something, I'm right next to Fort Knox. So I can't, they're not going to be around but yeah. late at night because they, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> hang around Fort Knox as a, you know, um, being in a craft because it's Fort Knox. Like, <laughs> not like but, they stopped coming by to getting a couple of gold bars and stuff. Right. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> if they are, they're doing a good job and we don't know about it. So, yeah, I mean, they do have the cloaking. So they, I think that there's more um, around us than we'll ever see um, in this lifetime more craft and more beings because 
people are kind of coming out with they're more out there. And I say that I don't think it's out there, guys. If you're listening, I felt like quotations around out there experiences because that's going to be the next wall that we knock down. We've knocked down. We're starting to kind of knock down the walls of government. And people also get bitter about that, right? Like people are bitter, like I didn't need the government, you know, like they get very, um, why are they're going to lie to you anyways? And to me, well, yeah, I have something to say about that. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Well, I mean, think about it and don't you, and again, this is where my objectivity, cultural lens comes into play. Why are they seeing it this way? The reason they're seeing it this way is because for the last 60 years, our government have done a great job of covering up the phenomenal, right. like making people feel stupid, ending careers, everything over this. Now they're saying, oh, yeah, we got something out there. So it's like they've done a good job of telling everybody not to trust the government. And now we're going to sit here as ufologists or researchers <laughs> like yourself and say, oh, well, by the way, now they're admitting it. And now the public is like, oh, yeah, y'all with them now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like the opposite of it now. And, and so that's what's happening. They don't, a person have, a, or most people have experienced so much of the cover up. And now yes. it's becoming right in our in our faces in Congress and sightings are more frequent. It's like, no, 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 y'all, y'all playing with this. Nah. Yeah. So that's where they're and they knew this. They knew right. this is what they're doing. So that's but what you like you said, it's sparking people's curiosity, whether they're lying to us or not. Like there is a amendment, the Jill Brown Rubio, I can't I cannot say his name, Gallego amendment that is for investigating um uap as they call it right there's another name for it too but um so it's sparking conversation and it's getting people to look into the phenomenon that wouldn't normally do it um so to me that's worth it and you got the younger generation now becoming politicians and they're curious and now they're voting for more disclosure right the older people that that you know managed the secret are now old and and but now we have a new younger generation saying whoa 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 no no i need to know what's going on you know and so that's yeah. what have helped us now that there's a new sheriffs of people that's coming in that are now in congress and, and imagine uh 20 30 years from now oh, when yeah. the kids that are born today in this phenomenon now, when they get older and become politicians, they're going to be wide open to the whole thing. Oh, for sure. It'll be a different Isn't story. it crazy to think about? Like, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old, and, a four and, a half year old and they're growing up in a world where UFOs are a real thing. Like, like it's been a real thing for some of us, but, like, it's, it's a verified thing by your government now, and some people do need that to come around. So I'm there. Whatever it's going to take people to start believing and researching and like you say get curious um i i'm all about it like just we got to open those doors but it's crazy to think that maybe like our kids like our little kids right now are they're just gonna grow up in a world where ufos are a thing and people are talking about it and it's like we're not gonna put the cat back in the box like, it's, it's, yeah. it's out now well think about it. you got you have uh jp morgan uh morgan stanley the investment group if you go to their website they're telling all of their investors invest in the new space economy. Okay. You got Jeff Bezos who mm -hmm. uh, and, and Richard Branson, all these people building these 
uh, building these spacecraft that goes up where now don't get me wrong an astronaut is a true astronaut they're scientists they're all this but right the transition to go to space now is like a bus ride right you see it yeah. every day they're going up there and coming back and you hear jeff bezos says we're going to move industry off the planet right to to, to space so in about 20 years our kids are going to be just going to work in space so yeah. why not prepare them mentally and i say this all the time to a lot of my friends who don't believe and i'm like no wait a minute you're gonna your child your child is a possibility that's going to be left behind in a whole new economy because they're moving to the space economy and right. if you're going to put your ideology into them today to not even let them to be curious you don't even want them to be they're not going to get on to go to work in space where the possibility looking at the glass going up there you're going to see right. so now you got the, the the new space military which is what we're going to be talking about uh in clubhouse tonight uh, but the whole point is you have the, the military and there was a commercial. I don't know if you remember, there was a, an, uh, a guy, a black guy, and he's talking to his young daughters. They're looking on a patio, looking up to the stars and she's young, but then they show her as she evolves, she's wearing a military uh, program. I mean, outfit, but then you see on her patch, this space program, but he was, so they're already mentally putting these things for right. our youth that you're going to join the space force you're going to be doing this and so um with industry uh, with the possibility of you know now we have a whole new space force um, jobs and all of these things going to space then uh yeah so i think people should be prepared so our younger generation space is just going to be another thing to them and then yeah. uh, that something else is out there bigger it's just going to be another thing to them yeah, I think it's super cool and I can't wait to see um, how things progress and things might not progress like, you know, to the point that we want them. But we do have to admit that the past couple of years, three or four years, you know, since since the New York Times article came out, like so much progress has been made in the in the way of public disclosure. Now, I am with everybody that thinks like disclosure is already with us. We're in charge of that as the people. But again, I can't, this is historic that the government is openly putting something out there like this saying like, yes, we're going to investigate them. So I, I cannot wait to see what happens. And um, if nothing cool happens before I die, I'll definitely haunt until it does. <laughs> it's be a ghost and see <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. I think that the possibility of us seeing more things, you know, and more evidence that, uh, that we're not alone. I mean, although there's enough to know that already. But right. One thing that I think most people want to try to uh, pinpoint is, you know, what do they look like, where they come from and, and all those things. And, and, and so uh, that's, you know, to be said. Right. Because if you right. want to the religious and spiritual side, then that's a whole nother conversation yeah. on that is a possibility. We look right. at them. Right. And so how, they could be just walking among us. And so I think. Yeah. Uh, the whole story of it all is that there is something out there. We're not alone in this universe. There is higher forces at work. Uh, and we're talking multidimensional. Uh, mm -hmm. and we're talking in our oceans and, and water, which I tell people, you know, 93% of most of our UFO reports are, are coming out of water. Wow. And when you think about the earth, is 73% water. And then mankind, uh, even with all our military might, we only explore three percent of the oceans. We right. have we have nothing that can go to the depth of the ocean. We have no technology, but yet 
as Lua Alizondo talks about those five uh, things are, you know, that's out there, but one is being transmedium where this object can go from uh, the water into the right. air and up into the space. We have no technology that can do that. And right. so why wouldn't water be a perfect place for them to hide? Because we never been there. We can't go down. Like, they can't even get down here. Let's hide down here. <laughs> can't even get down here. And, and then you're hearing all these things of things washed up on our seas and all that. Yeah. So it's it's one of these things that we have to then begin to really take a look at ancient civilizations. You know, where all yes. these people go, you know, and and what's the technology and what's happening in uh in in history has a way of telling us the truth. It's just how do we go back and then if we see something right oh wait a minute, this can't be true. And you're like, yeah, it is. So yeah, it's kind of crazy that like the world started off believing beings from the sky, like in Sumeria, and then we digressed to that. And now we're going to start seeing that again in the future. Um, I have one more question for you. Then I have a question from the chat. No, go ahead. What do you have any big predictions for 2022 or any like uh, gut feelings as to what's going to happen next as far as like public disclosure goes? I think that, uh, and that's a great question, whoever uh, asked. Is that yours or one of your audience? It's mine. <laughs> uh, great question. Um, I think that uh, as far as a big prediction, um, I think that we're going to get a little more disclosure of technology. Uh, you know, Not so much of, again, whose technology it is. Uh, there's going to be technology and things that come out that's going to prove that there's some higher things happening. I think the 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 secret itself, and, and again, that's why I call it why the big secret, the secret is being protected. And there's and it's a bigger thing. And I tell people all the time, and one of the things I point out to that, and I know I'm probably getting off your question a little bit, but, you know, one thing's for certain, Priscilla, whatever's flying around up there is not stopping to get gas, right? Right. So it's obviously using some type of free energy that we don't know about, right? And the one thing that rules the global economy is oil. Oh, yeah. And those people are not going to allow whoever that is to come down here and share with us some free energy, right? Yeah. And so uh, the prediction of that is unless there's a way for them to capitalize it, there'll be it. So we're going to see the big thing I think that would happen we're going to see new technology, but it's going to be claimed to be man-made when it's not. Mm. And we've kind of, I feel like there's some been some stuff like that happening in the past already with like the big technological leaps. But you said something that's perfect for the question from the audience. JJ asked, Roderick, if I may, is there something that lends to the notion the world governments have any real choice other than to keep what you seek a secret? So is it up to the government to reveal these secrets or is it up to possibly um, the occupants of the craft? Um, or others, you know, the that they call the others. JJ, there was a time, in, and I don't know if you remember Priscilla, but there was several months ago, there was, was it the Israeli guy, the prime, the UFO? And one of the things he said was, you know, he, he was like 78 years old. So he was like, I'm talking now. But one of the things he said, if you remember, that the extraterrestrials felt it is time for to reveal right. and it wasn't our call. Uh, so um, the governments are going to to back to his question. The government is going to always keep the big secret. 
okay? Mm. Because there's power behind secrets. There's power behind a lot of these things. And, and, and then we're talking about just uh, the deity and, and, you know, you're talking about, you know, public, you know, and, and if you ever remember the movie, um, you know, Men in Black, when Will Smith sat on the bench with Tom and Lee, which, which you'll see some of this come from. And when he first found out that we're not alone and he looked at him and he says, why the big secret? People are smart. And then Tom and Lee said, no, a person is smart, but people are dumb and stupid. So the extraterrestrials are smart enough to know the impact that they will have if they just landed and got yeah. out. It would <laughs> our society apart. Right. And so you got to think about all of these things. So you got the government and you got the extraterrestrials. Everybody's protecting it. So I don't think uh, the government has anything to do with but to protect the, 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 the secret itself. But then we're not talking about one set of extraterrestrials. So it could be a bunch. Right. All could have different uh, thoughts on revealing this thing. And so that's true. It's complex. But at the end of the day, the secret is powerful. Is money. It's, it's a lot of stuff behind it, and it's going to be kept for as long as it can. And some stuff, you know, that they're going to let out that we can just ultimately say, oh, yeah, that's what that is. But then there's a whole lot of stuff we're not going to hear about. Yeah, for sure. And that, that makes sense. Um, the, peop the powers that be that run the world are very greedy, and they want to keep their money, and they want to keep their power. So yeah. it's sad, but it's true. Um, and you're you're right. Like if the beings know better that they land, we can't handle a virus without buying up all the the food and toilet paper. So if a being now, land now, you know NASA recently summoned uh, 26 different spiritual leaders together. Uh, yeah, I saw that. So that lets you know right there if if there was a a a, a big disclosure, they know that it's going to be based on people's cultural lens of religion is how they're going to interpret what's going on. Some people are going to wow. think the world is about to end and go whack everybody off. Some people are going to think, oh, this is, so it's just, you, in, in, it's just a big thing. And we have to see how everybody is seeing this thing before you can really uh, let it out. So that's, that's, that's the tricky part is society and our society. Yeah, I didn't realize it was more than one leader. I thought um, I know that there was an article going around saying uh, the they had a priest come in, but I'm glad that it was other. Um, I thought it, I I'm glad it was more more people represented, more belief systems represented, because I kind of wondered like we have these amazing people that study religion, like Diana Pasulka. We have other religions that need to be, um, you know, talk to you as well. Like, but how are they going to view it? How would their belief system view it? So I'm glad that it was more than just the priest because when I saw the priest, I was like, cool, they're demons. You know, like that's what they're going to think, you know, <laughs> not the priest is a demon, but you know what I mean? Right, right. I um, yeah. um, but traditionally they're going to think that aliens are demons. So, <laughs> but I can't, I, so I'm glad to hear that there was more than one belief system represented. Yes. yes. So we are coming up on the hour. Um, do you have anything coming up or that you're working on that you want to share with people? I know you have the show tonight on clubhouse, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But is there anything else you want to kind of like leak to people or tell people about that you have coming up? Well, you know, uh, I have a YouTube channel as well called why the big secret. Um, and then of course, if they can't find it, it used to be extraterrestrial evidence. So there's still some keywords there. If they was to do some search, the podcast itself. Uh, I just loaded a interview 
that I did with uh, Robert Salas, uh, who was one of the uh, people from Master Master Aerospace Base that you know back in the day was in there when the UFO turned yeah. all our nuclear weapons. Uh, so they can kind of hear that as well. Um, definitely, you know, some TV projects to look for uh, the Discovery Channel when uh, that is done. It's turned in. We're just waiting for a release date. I can't disclose the name of the show yet, even though I know. Uh, but hopefully within the next month or so, uh, it will be there with people. Discovery Plus, they can watch it. I'm one of three hosts there. Uh, like I said, one of some Fox 2B. Uh, we're going to get that announced. And so, uh, you know, maybe I can come back and just tell you when that's happening. Uh, yeah. Say I will be doing a eight uh, TV shows for Billy Carson's uh, Forbidden Knowledge TV. I just signed a contract to do that as well. And then uh, just a couple other things. And so, um, you know, and it's, it's just it's just been a phenomenal thing. But again, you know, uh, meeting and building relationships with people like yourself, you know, where we we're on this mission and we're on the journey seeking the truth. And although it's a lot of ridicule, a lot of things that we face and it takes a lot of courage for us to put our faces to right. this phenomenal. It's uh, terrifying at first. <laughs> yeah. How beautiful you are. Right. Oh, stop. You know, Thank you. But, but at the end of the day, you know, to put our faces to it. Uh, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a, a lot. And, you know, so people should support it, support your channel, support what you're doing, uh, funding. You know, if there's any way that they can support you financially, a lot of times it's a lot of work going into what we're doing that we just giving out that information, but our time and uh, resources and, and we're underfunded. I'm underfunded. Imagine what I would do having a huge financial backing and the content that I can create and yeah. what you will create, uh, having people supporting you. So if they can buy a badge or they can support your Patreon, if you have one, a cash app or whatever it is, every little bit helps for you to go out and do the job and bring them that information that they most likely would have access to. So um, I just appreciate you, what you're doing. And, and I really thank you for having me here too. So. Well, I really appreciate you, um, you know, being so friendly and conversing with me because I definitely um, was just like, I need to talk to this guy. Like I, your first show, I was like, I need to, I need to reach out to this guy. I don't know if he's going to reach back to me, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad that you did. Um, you've been a great inspiration and I really admire your passion for curiosity, especially when oh. it comes to UFO and even experiencers. You're very emotionally intelligent. And, and almost, and you are almost like a, you are an empath. I feel like you're feeling what people are feeling and you're able to step into their shoes, like you said, but not walk in them for too long. It's just you, um, there needs to be more people like you out there. Um, so thank you to everybody in the chat. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe and do all the commenting and all that stuff. If you're looking for Roderick, his website is in the description um, and he has ways you could support him on there. And for me, I think the only support thing I have is buy a coffee. So if you want to buy me a coffee, buy me a coffee. I have a coffee oh, and book habit. <laughs> I have a coffee and book habit. Like that's all my money goes to. <laughs> so um, you can support in any way. Thank you so much for being here, listening now, later. Thank you, Roderick. And hopefully we can all migrate over to Clubhouse to listen to Roderick's show after this. Um, what time is the show? It'll be uh, 830 Central. Uh, 830 Central. Yeah, so 8.30 Central, they can uh, just come to Clubhouse, look for the club, Extraterrestrial Evidence, which is under, um, or they can follow 
the speaker, if they find my profile, they can follow me and then hit the alert buttons and, and when I'm speaking there as well. So if they're new to Clubhouse. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah make sure you're following his YouTube channel because he's got a lot of good things coming up. Tell them to hit me. We have what we call, they call it the back channel. I call it the, the Stargate, you know. So <laughs> hit me on the Stargate that you were on the show here tonight and I will bring you on stage and, and we will uh, give Priscilla some kudos live. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you, everybody, to list for listening, and I hope to see you soon. And, Roderick, I hope to see you soon. Hang out for a minute after I end the broadcast so I can keep you behind the scenes. And everybody else, have a great night, day, whatever's going on for you. I hope that it's beautiful and fun.